Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Duval, welcome in to a AFC divisional round eve edition of Believe in Jaguars. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor. As always, we've got one more sleep until the Jaguars take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City at Arrowhead, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. NBC, going to get to Rico and Collinsworth, so hopefully there should be a little bit more life than there was in the broadcast last week. How about it, Clay? <laughs> I hope so, too, man. That was a uh, that was a pretty uh, pretty quiet group right there. But, man, I'm excited. Smart Money says that, uh, you know, the team that's been to the last five AFC championship games is probably going to win this one. But – we don't like smart money. I know we like going on a limb and making bold predictions. So we got some. Uh, we're gonna have some predictions for you guys today, and we we both think this is gonna be a closer game than a lot of the so-called experts do with a eight and a half, nine point uh, line on this one. We think it'll be a lot closer, and maybe the Jags can even pull off a big upset. Maybe they can. Uh, we'll talk about it here. I'd like to remind you to hit Clay up on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. And also, if you enjoy the content here, Believe in Jaguars, please hit um, hit the review button. Leave us a positive review. Subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. You can also check us out on the Gen Jag YouTube channel if you want to watch us in video form. So let's go ahead and get into it, Clay. The Jaguars, they're eight and a half point road dogs, right? Over under of 53, which is a really high point total. That means Vegas is expecting some pretty big points in this one, but they're expecting the Chiefs to handle their business. I'll tell you right now, off the cap, I do not think that the Jaguars are going to lose by more than eight points. I think they're going to cover. Yeah, I think they're going to cover too. I, I mean, I'll take that one to the bank. I'm not sure they can't win this game. So, I, I mean, I'm going – usually I have a good inclination before the game. I'm still – I'm like, man, you know, I'm still going back and forth on if, you know, smart money. I think there's there's a chance there. So, But as far as the betting line, if I'm a betting man, I am taking the points and taking the Jags plus the spread. They're definitely going to cover, in my opinion. But, um, you know, uh, we're not worried about covering here on, on Believe. We're worried about right. the wins and the losses and who is going to be playing next week. That's right. You can stick around for the predictions. You might be able to gather where we're going to go with this prior to us getting to the predictions, but you know, that is what it is. Um, yeah, looks like it might be minus nine now, like you mentioned. Money going yeah. towards the Chiefs a little bit. Yeah. Uh, either way, not a big deal. Eight and a half, nine points. Pretty much the same thing. But um, the one thing to monitor on that over-under, the snow, right? Um, 60% chance of snow, 70% chance of snow during the game. Now, does that snow pile up on the ground? Does it melt in the air? Like, what are we looking at here? That's going to matter. Like, it's going to matter what type of snow we're dealing with, what type of precipitation we're dealing with um, in, in this football game. And certainly that could slow these two teams down if it becomes a factor. If the football's wet, if it's slippery, if it's nasty, you're going to run the ball more probably and uh, might not get those points. But if it's looking fairly manageable out there, I think you can safely bet on the points over. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one of these teams, you know, I, I mean, these guys can hit 40. 
and they've done yeah. they've done it. So once if one of them hits forty, you know the other one just has to hit twelve, and you're you're right there. So I mean, yeah, I have a hard time if these if the weather you know holds up. I have a hard time not seeing both of these teams at least scoring in the high twenties. Yeah, and that would easily you know um, easily break fifty three. Yeah, I agree. I'd say the over is a uh, is is good as well. And obviously, I haven't looked at the props yet, but. Um, you know, I I think that it's going to be a highly, you know, offensive matchup. And obviously the Chiefs got a, a good defense, so the Jags. So the Jags' defense has improved. The Chiefs' defense is, is improved. And one of my keys for, for the game, I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, but, I mean, you got to pressure Mahomes. Last time they didn't get a single sack on him, and not one sack on Mahomes. Like, come on, man. you you, you got to get some pressure on this guy. And I saw this stat yesterday. Mahomes had the third biggest decline – in passer rating between passes without pressure and with pressure dropping from 119 when unpressured to 57 when pressured. I mean, to me, I mean, I know I'm not the biggest analytical guy and I'm the guy you you just want to go out there and play, but I mean, that's pretty telling. You got to get pressure on them. Obviously you don't want to, you know, lose guys in coverage and they do have a pretty good receiving core with, with Juju and all those guys, I mean, they they got a deep they got a deep receiving core. Surprisingly, that's I mean that's something that you don't think they're not superstars. But Marquez Valdez, Stan, Scanling, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony's been a big pickup for them. Big play on us uh, last time around. Um, <clears throat> Justin Watson can even play. So you want to keep guys in coverage, but you got to get them pressured. You yeah. see you see the stat. I mean, it's a huge drop off from Mahomes if you get pressure on them and hopefully you can do that with your with obviously obviously with your your front four but I, i'm not sure you can i know josh allen and arden key can get the job done there but I mean, joe thuny orlando brown is just a massive human 6 8 350 he's he makes the blind side look small michael or you know this guy's massive so it's it's gonna it's gonna be a you know a chess match can caldwell get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes, I you know I think he can 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 do that, and if he does, I think it changes the the dynamic of the game. Yeah, the thing about it, last game the Jaguars did get pressure. It didn't feel like it because when they did uh, push the pocket and, and create you know nasty looking pockets, Patrick Mahomes just escaped. Made a play, yeah. He he you know said I'm going to go full wizard mode right now, and you're just not going to be able to touch me. You shall not pass. Right. Yeah. Um, now the Jags pass rush has greatly improved since then. I would say the Chiefs offensive line has improved since then. Um, Orlando Brown has been playing better football than he was earlier in the year. Even Andrew Wiley at right tackle is playing better than he was earlier in the year. But the Jags, they have 19 sacks in the last six games. Yeah. And this was something I was going to talk about a little bit later with one of our unsung heroes. We're going to talk about some guys that just don't get the attention they deserve. The unsung hero I was going to bring up is Roy Robertson Harris. Yeah. This guy has been a menace over the last five weeks. Yep. Okay. Uh, Against the Cowboys. Four total pressures. Five tackles. Um, two stops, 
against the Jets. Four total pressures again. A sack. Texans. Four pressures yeah. again. A quarter, two quarterback hits. Titans. Three pressures. A sack. Chargers. Three pressures. A sack. Those type of numbers from the interior are huge. And not only is it what he's doing from the interior, but when he gets pressure, when Devon Hamilton gets pressure, when those guys push the pocket, it gives Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key, all these guys the opportunity to make plays because there's not anywhere for that quarterback to go. So if you can get RRH playing the way he has played, it's going to be really difficult for the Chiefs to um, for the Chiefs to have clean pockets. And I know that's that's tough. To, it's a tough ask because, again, he is going to be lined up against Joe Tooney. He is going to be lined up against um, uh, the kid on the right guard from Tennessee. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. But he's a behemoth as well. And then, of course, their young center is a stud too. So it's going to be difficult for this defensive front. But I, you said this is a key. I think it's a key as Trey well. Trey Smith I think, and Creed Humphrey, yeah. Yeah, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. I think – the Jaguars have to be able to get pressure with four at times. I think yeah. they have to slow down the rushing attack. Like they've got to tackle. That's not something we talk about that much. You've got to tackle the chiefs. They've got yeah. guys that can make you miss. And if that, if you allow them to get these easy chunk yardage by missing tackles, which the Jaguars have improved greatly in terms of um, being able to get ball carriers down, but that's going to be huge. Yeah. I just think this defense needs to do what they have been doing and they're going to be able to put the offense in a position to succeed. But it's much easier said than done against this offensive line, against Patrick Mahomes, against Andy Reid, all the skill they have on offense. It's going to be tough for the defense. Yeah, they use a lot of different guys. And the way they use their – like Pacheco and McKinnon, like McKinnon has nine receiving touchdowns. Like what do you make of that? Yeah, he's a stud out of the backfield. And this is a guy that – a few years back, the 49ers brought him over from Minnesota to be their feature back, to be their Christian McCaffrey type guy. He dealt with injuries in San Francisco, didn't quite work out, um, kind of cast off, gets to Kansas City, and he was there last year a little bit too. But the way they have figured out how to use him in the passing game with his speed, quickness, change of direction, it's really difficult and, and it's not only difficult because of his individual skill set and Patrick Mahomes being able to, you know, I mean, one of those big touchdowns was on a, one of those crazy freak Patrick Mahomes. How the hell did he get the ball out like that? You know, towards the sideline type thing. It's not only that, but it's also the fact that you're accounting for Travis Kelsey. Yeah. You're accounting for the speed they have at receiver because Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, Kadarius, Tony, these are fast receivers. Yeah. Watson, these are fast receivers. Juju's not a speedster, but he's a good receiver. Yeah. You, there's just so much to account for in this offense. And Andy Reid, he is, you know, he was Doug Peterson before Doug Peterson in terms of the way they run their offenses. They're very similar. Uh, yeah. They're the same. Doug's offense comes from Andy Reid. So it, it's difficult. And I think... I think that the situation for McKinnon has elevated his ability to get in the end zone, absolutely. But he's dangerous in his own right, and you've got to tackle. When you get to the ball carrier, you you got to tackle. You can't let yeah. him make you miss in the open space. That's just crazy from a from a running back, you know, standpoint to have that many 
receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. And obviously Isaiah Pacheco is is a guy that's that's done really good things for them this year too. You know, he's averaging More five yards of carry, 4.9, 830 yards. Like this guy can play too. And and he doesn't have he's not as big out of the backfield. He's only got 130 yards out of the backfield this year. So you kind of know when he's in the game, it's more of a running uh situation there. But uh what my, my runner up for for my unsung hero is as you kind of alluded this guy earlier was um is Devon Hamilton. I mean, he's a guy that that does, nobody talks about and he's had a nice year. I mean, he's top 20 on PFF as far as interior defenders. And that's tough. There's a lot of good interior defenders in here. I mean, he's graded out very well as far as getting pressures and, and run defense. And, and he's done a nice job. He's really, he's really kind of came into his own this year and he he doesn't get, you know, in my opinion, as much love as he should for being a big part of that defense and being a big part of that turnaround. So I really love, what Devon Hamilton has done with Roy Robertson Harris. I mean, together, I think they're two guys that don't get much credit that have played well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. And Roy Robertson Harris, he's not in a contract year technically, but the Jaguars have an out after this year. They also have a lot of salary cap issues going on. It's like, what are they going to do with Roy? This guy's playing like a man possessed right now. How do you let him walk out of the building? Um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But the Jaguars are definitely going to have to make some money decisions after the season. But let's continue to talk about Jags Chiefs here. Yeah, Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, we've brought it up already. Everybody's been talking about it all week. Master and apprentice. Doug Peterson is 0-2 against Andy Reid in his career. They played once in Philly. They played once earlier this year in Kansas City. I think Doug's due. I think he's what do you due. think about that? Yeah, I think I think you're right, man. Doug, Doug, in his own right, people always assume that the, you know, the teacher always has, you know, the the, the leg up on the on the student. But I'm not so sure the teacher has the leg up on the student in this matchup. And Doug's coming off of some some big games down the stretch where he's been aggressive and making some great calls. Obviously, some great play calls. Him and Trevor on the right page, and obviously Andy's really good after a bye week. He's went to the last five AFC championship games. But Doug Peterson's been in this situation before. He's a Super Bowl winner. He knows what Andy Reid's going to do. He's been on that staff. He's been on the Chiefs staff. He was on the Eagles staff. This is his guy. This is a guy that he brought up and taught how to call these plays. They run the same offense. This is the same offense I ran back when I was a Philadelphia Eagle with Doug on staff and Andy Reid, the coach that drafted me. You know, they run similar stuff, but Doug knows that he is not supposed to win this game he knows that he is the underdog so doug's gonna come out swinging doug has no he's he's not worried one bit and he's like he likes this position that he's in he's going into arrowhead you know fans are bashing trevor for saying that that you know the, the bank is is as loud as arrowhead and you know he, they love this underdog us against the world let's go into kansas city and shock the world they did it they did it and won the super bowl doing the same thing the same recipe so i think doug is due as well doug former player former offensive coordinator former quarterback coach head coach now is going to have these guys ready and him and trevor on the right page and i think that you look back at that the last game that was a pretty close game 
it, it was a little bit closer, in my opinion, the score indicated. Some people say it was, you know, it was a little bit further away, but I mean, oh, yeah, we're talking about the last goals. Chiefs game. Sorry, when <laughs> you said that, game. I was talk- I thought you were think- talking no, about last Chargers. Week. Last like, game that they played. How could that game get closer? Any closer? Yeah. yeah. Last the last Chiefs game. Yeah. I mean. Two missed field goals. Didn't we have like an illegal man downfield on cam or yes. something to where that ended up taking points negated off the touchdown. board? Negated a touchdown. I mean, there were some things that happened that if they go the other way, I mean, this is a different ball game. So these guys are going to come in confident, different team. And I think Doug can't pull this upset. Yeah, I think he can too. Um, he's five and two all time as a coach in the playoffs. His teams are. And the Jaguars, they're three and two all time in the divisional round. Last win in the divisional round was 2017 against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, another game that no one gave the Jaguars a chance to win. No chance. And the last loss was New England in 08, um, which the Jaguars didn't have much of a chance to win that game. But I think you look at this franchise's history in the divisional round, I think you look at Doug Peterson bringing him into the fold there five and two all time in the playoffs. I know that not a lot of people are really giving the Jags a chance nationally. I've tuned into a lot of chiefs coverage as well. A lot of really good people out there covering the chiefs. Um, I think that this is as close as it gets on paper Um, from a coaching standpoint, schematic standpoint, talent standpoint, I think the Jaguars have a more complete team right now than the Chiefs do uh, on all phases, but I think the Chiefs have the three biggest stars in this game. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones. And uh, I know Trevor Lawrence will be right up there with, with those guys here soon, but Kelsey plays a position the Jaguars really struggle with. Tight end. Yeah. And uh, Chris Jones does too. The Jaguars struggle with interior pass rush. Saw so last game they played. Um, yeah, Chris Jones, I'm, Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey both crushed the Jaguars last time, um, and the Jags were still close. And so, while I believe that these two are going to get theirs, that they're going to have big games, I think the Jaguars showed that they can still play close, even with the Kansas City Chiefs star players playing how they're supposed to play. Yeah, you know I'm. Chris Jones has 15 and a half sacks this year. You know, so, I mean, got one and a half sacks last last time they played, and he was in the backfield. I mean, pretty much the whole game. You know, Brandon Sheriff is a great is a great player. He's a great guard. Obviously, he's one of the the highest paid guards. You know, in in the in the league. Yeah, and he made he made him look like an average player or a rookie. I mean, Chris Jones, 15 and a half sacks. He hasn't had a sack yet in the postseason. He's itching to get that sack. He wants to show why he's one of the best in the game. He yeah, wants he's to never had a postseason game. sack. Never had a postseason sack. I literally just heard that today. That and is I'm crazy. Like, wow. This guy, he's hungry. He wants it. To me, if they can control this defensive line, that's the, that's the, biggest, the biggest issue here. Give Trevor some time. I think he's going to find his guys. But you're going to have to control this defensive line. I mean, that's not easy. These guys can play. George Kalaftis, he's he's came on at the end of this season. Yeah. I mean, Chris Jones, Frank player. Clark can play a little bit. Carlos Dunlap Carlos coming Dunlap's in. Dunlap's good. Mike Dana's good. Um, yeah. uh, Kalen Saunders is good. Yeah. They've got a good defensive front. No question about it. Um, 
what's funny about that, you mentioned Frank Clark. Chris Jones has never had a playoff sack. Yeah. Frank Clark, he's like close to being the all-time leader in playoff sacks. Really? Yeah, I, I think he's yeah. like four away from being the all-time. And he's about to pass like some crazy names on the list. So it's just kind of funny. He has been really good in the in the postseason uh, for the Chiefs, and and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure if he reached the postseason with the Seahawks prior to joining the Chiefs. I can't remember that. But yeah. he's been a menace in the postseason as a pass rusher, so that's somebody to deal with. Carlos Dunlap had a big game against the Jaguars last time. One thing that uh, we noticed – they were getting their hands on a lot of footballs at the line of scrimmage last time as well. They were batting a lot of passes, and uh, Trevor's been one of the guys in the league who's had the most batted passes this year. He's up there with them. Um, what do you think that is? Is it them knowing what the Jaguars are trying to do, what they're trying to execute? No, I think um, you know it's a lot of quick game over the middle type stuff that you see these batted passes on, not the long, deep balls, the, the big right. drops. So it's just I think it's it's just the amount of, of quick game and you know slants and stuff that Doug likes to throw. And to go back to you, I just looked up uh, the Jaguars in fantasy points against tight ends are 26th in the league. I'm surprised that, they're not dead last. Yeah, and that's not – I mean, that's not good. That's, I mean, now you're what, in the bottom fourth. One thing you can say about that, well – we know the Jaguars are going to get burnt by your tight end, whoever it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so hey, I mean, it doesn't they've matter. Gotten, they've gotten burnt by tight ends and won games. Like, we don't care if you have Travis Kelsey. We are going to get burnt <laughs> anyways. I mean, you look at Gerald Everett last week. I'm like, who the heck is it? Like, obviously, Gerald Everett's a good player. They're making him look like Gronk, man, in the yeah. wild card round. Like, man, Gerald Everett's over here just carrying guys wide open, catching passes. Even when he drops a pass, somehow they count it as a big play. I was furious, by the way. I know I'm getting off topic here, but that pass, that was an obvious drop, and they counted it, and Doug didn't throw the flag. Everything worked out, but I'm just yelling at the TV, throw the challenge flag. That's not a catch. When you see a guy get up and go, like, come on, throw the flag. The guy that yeah. caught the ball, like you're yeah. not slick. If he's trying to hurry everybody up to the line, he dropped it and he knows it. So throw the flag. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I'm getting off topic. But yes, the Jaguars are 26 in the league in fantasy points, tight end. So that's not good. Bottom fourth of the league, and they're going against Travis Kelsey, who is by far the best tight end in this league. So there you go. And when you when you talk about the Jags defense versus the Chiefs offense. A lot has changed since that last matchup. The Jaguars do still struggle to cover the tight end, but they've been the best pressure team in the NFL over the last six weeks. Um, They've gotten the most sacks in the NFL over the last six weeks. The Jaguars. Yeah. 19 sacks in six games. Damn. Like they have been on a tear. They've gotten three sacks in every game that they've played since Tennessee the first time. Yeah, and they begin extra pressures. Just at least like three. Sacks. They're, they're still getting pressures that haven't even accumulated added to the sack total, too. Right. They've been fantastic up front. Uh, and, and I think a lot of that we've talked about stems from the back end. You've got Darius Williams playing outside full-time now, and it has transformed what the Jaguars are able to do defensively. Uh, they're able to play more free. They're able to feel like our defense isn't broken. We actually have a chance to do something here. Uh, and... 
I think it's freed up Mike Caldwell to to call the game a little bit more aggressive. Uh, and so the Chiefs, last time they played the Jaguars, they were going up against Trey Herndon and Buster Brown on the outside. Yeah. Now you've got Darius Williams, obviously Tyson Campbell um, playing outside. Trey Herndon's playing the slot, which isn't great. He's not a great slot, but it's much better having him in the slot than having him outside. He has more of a skill set to play the slot. So, uh, and if he gets lined up against Juju, I think he can handle that all right. I think he might struggle with the, the true speedsters on this team. And look, the Chiefs are going to get theirs. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. This is Andy Reid, one of the best offensive play callers of all time, uh, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends of all time, a quality offensive line, pieces all around. We're not trying to say the Jaguars will sh- shut down the Chiefs, but keep it competitive. You know, land your own punches, get a turnover here or there, get a sack here or there, Um, you know, force a punt. How how about that? Actually forcing a punt against the Chiefs. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's what it's about. It's not about dominating this Chiefs offense. It's about holding your own. What's your take on um, on the Arrowhead thing? So everybody's talking about this Trevor Lawrence quote where he says, you know, can't imagine Arrowhead being much louder than than Duval was this week. And then Shannon Sharp goes on air and says, oh, the, the little pool and the 40,000 fans at, at, at in Jacksonville aren't going to compare to Arrowhead. Little does Shannon know there were 71,000 fans at the game and it was, you know, extremely loud. So g- give me it your take loud. on that. Like, what what do you? Why is everybody making such a huge deal about this? Yeah. Obviously, they, you know they need a something to say, but well, Chiefs fans want something to be mad about, um, because <laughs> you know there's just very I'm sure they would disagree, but this has been a franchise that has been fairly undramatic over the last half decade, right? It's clockwork. They're going to be in the divisional wow. round. They're going yeah. to be. And the championship, they need something to get mad about. Good for them. Who cares? Uh, so from that perspective, whatever, like they were going to be loud as, as, as can be like, they're yeah. going to be louder now. No, they were going to be loud as they could possibly be already. It's It's the best environment in the NFL. In my opinion that I have witnessed. It's incredible. Um, Trevor saying that. I think if you read the whole quote, obviously he was not trying to throw shade. no, he was trying to compliment his fans. He was trying to say, I have been to Kansas City before. Uh, he was trying to say, I think it's going to be really loud. I just don't know how much louder it can get than what happened the last couple weeks in Jacksonville. I think he's wrong. I think it will be louder than Jacksonville. And because, now it definitely will because people, yeah. the, the fans all have a chip on. Here's, here's what's going to happen. They try to make this into a storyline. The fans have a chip on their shoulder. Every incomplete fa- pass, the fans are going to go crazy. But that's yeah. fine. They they can handle this. Here's what people you realize. They're going to go crazy anyways. Anyways. And Trevor Lawrence was in the college football playoffs three times with sold-out crowds in the biggest games plus. in college football. Yes. People don't yeah. realize college football has a huge fan base, too. Just because it's the NFL, these guys are getting paid, doesn't make the fan base any different. These yeah. college fans, these college games are extremely loud, too. Trevor Lawrence has played in the biggest stages in front of sold-out crowds, standing room only in the playoffs. He's actually won the national championship. To think that all of a sudden Trevor is not going to be able to handle a crowded, loud stadium is just crazy. 
And also, Shannon Sharp saying that there's 40,000 the fans part. in Jacksonville. They're not going to be louder. Shannon, look at it. Was, they were sold out the last two weeks. They were standing room only. 40,000 fans Sharp or 70,000. Shannon Sharp doesn't like Jacksonville. He doesn't like the Jaguars. Jags fans have talked a lot of crap to him on Twitter over the years. And I think he still doesn't like the Jaguars from um, from 96. Jags went into Denver and beat the snot out of him. I think he's still salty. <laughs> but look, Shannon, Skip, Colin Coward, I don't – I could care less what any of these idiots have to say. Yeah. I mean, they're just talking heads. Like, they don't have any substance to them. And that's disappointing for a guy who played in the NFL, right? Like, he should actually be able to provide some better insight, analysis. But he doesn't. He just tried – he just went with them in the talking head direction, and that's just what he is now. And I just – I don't care about any of those guys. The guys I'm worried about, the number one guy would be – with the away game and how loud it's going to be because his playoffs is Juwan Taylor. And that's just because he's a guy that jumps a snap count, right? You know, now it's third down. He would say he be... doesn't jump it. He just times it up. Perfect. But yes. yeah, he, he does. But that's, you know, that's, that's a trick of the veterans using this. Like I used to do the same thing. My mindset when I was playing being undersized, I'm going to myself, here's, here's my mind. I go stay low snap count. And obviously, you got to get your footsteps. You got to get your steps in the ground. You got your hands high, but you know you keep it simple. Stay low, snap count. I'm jumping the snap count every play. I'm, I want to get two feet in the ground before they get one, because I was undersized. Juwan Taylor does the same thing. He's like, okay, this guy's quicker than me. I got to jump the snap count, and you know the snaps. You're moving exactly when the ball moves. You're not supposed to be able to do that. You know the defense thinks you're jumping because they have to wait to see the ball and then move. So Juwan Taylor does great, but now you're not going to be able to hear the snap count. Obviously, you got a, uh, you know, a silent count. At tackle, it's hard to see. At tight end, it's impossible to see. You have to yeah. tackle big head in your way. You can't see anything. So you're you're wait, you're literally waiting on the tackle to move. You're trying to see the ball. So that's the only thing is these linemen. If it gets really loud, you know, you got to have a good silent count. You got mm-hmm. it. And obviously, Doug. You know, Luke Fortner's a rookie, so. You know, that's interesting. Is he going to be able to handle the silent count? I think so. But you got to be on the same pace there. Obviously, Doug's going to be practicing that. Doug's going to have him prepared. Listen, this silent count is huge. We need to get off on the ball. These pass rushers are coming. Make sure that you guys practice extra silent count. Yeah, I'm sure they are. And they've been pumping in, you know, fake noise all week. And Doug said, you know, that's not going to prepare you for Arrowhead. But the good thing is they have been to Arrowhead. It wasn't one of the louder games at Arrowhead that, We've, yeah. we've that they've been a part of but they've been there that there's some familiarity with this situation and they have dealt with loud crowds all of these guys have um will it be too much i don't know i mean i've seen arrowhead scare scare teams before i've seen arrowhead scare the jaguars before yeah um not this year i don't think they were phased by the crowd noise but i'll tell you what in 2018 when the jaguars were three and one Going out to Arrowhead, trying to, you know, they f- we feel like the Jags are building towards the playoffs for the second straight year and all that. And that now that 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 crowd noise, it it blew the Jaguars away. Mm-hmm. It really did. Blake Bortles could not handle the noise through like five interceptions or some crap in that game. Um without coming back and scoring the four touchdowns like Trevor did last week. Uh <laughs> 
The Pope, baby. Blake, my guy. Yeah. Love him. But that was the beginning of the end for Blake, unfortunately. Yep. Um, and the rest of that year was just damn ugly. So, yeah, I think that you're talking about the offensive line. They were embarrassed, in my opinion, in the last contest. And there's no reason for them to play that poorly. Yeah. They're well coached. They're talented. I'm not saying they're the best offensive line. But they are a well-coached, talented group, and they need to play better. They need yeah. to stand up and show some pride. Yeah, no, I agree. They gotta, they gotta do a better job there. And you know, I think they will. They've improved and and they've gotten better. And you know, Fortner early in the year was, I know it wasn't early in the year. I mean, wasn't great. He's improved. Obviously, you're missing Cam Robinson, but, but Walker Little has shown Walker up, Little and I have confidence in that him. Position. I mean, maybe. I mean, has what he? do you think? I mean, it's possible. I don't uh, know. I think he has. I think you have a, a – and this is not an issue for right now, but I think you, you gotta, you've got three starting tackles in Jacksonville uh, right now. Obviously, Jawan Taylor is going to be a free agent. Trevor Lawrence was just talking this week about how much he loves to play with Jawan. So, you know, he's going to want Jawan back. Yeah, well, they're not keeping all three of those guys, I don't think, because you're going to have to pay all three of these dudes. Well, they're not Walker Little right now. Not Walker, but, but yeah, you don't really want to be paying two tackles premium money when you're already paying Brandon Sheriff. Juwan Taylor is going to be getting, uh, you know, a hefty contract. So they're going to have, they would have to pay him a nice little chunk to keep Juwan I, Taylor. Yeah. I think they would have to try to figure out some way to move Cam in yeah. that scenario but i don't know how they do that either i'm not like if i was a team looking i would not be wanting to pay cam robinson the type of money he's getting paid yeah that's neither here nor there i think walker little he brings more size to the position he's bigger than cam robinson yeah i and i think that he's just playing a little bit better than cam was right now we'll see this is a big moment for him this is a big environment for him he hasn't had to deal with anything like this in his playing career well, I'm more worried about these interior linemen. Obviously, Sheriff yeah, is uh, is okay, Sheriff, but Sheriff Fortner has not produced this year the way he needed. Yeah, to. he hasn't, and he's been battling through injuries the injuries, last month plus. Yeah. But, but he wasn't injured Chattie. when he went to Kansas City last time. No, he wasn't. He still got he still got beat pretty badly. But Chris Jones, I mean, I love Shat. I played with Shat. Shat's been on the team forever, man. I played with him. He came in. I mean, diligent guy, quiet guy, just gets his job done. But can he block Chris Jones, you know, on a stunt, you know, in the interior there? Can can Luke Fortner? I mean, can you even ask him to like one on one if you have him there to block Chris Jones? I mean, like that's even a hard ask to this rookie, six six, two hundred ninety pound rookie. Okay, like I I am really worried, and that's a guy that can wreck a game. So for me you know, that interior battle there is, is going to be huge. And I don't see, uh, I don't see Doug trying to uh, run the ball up the gut too much, especially towards Chris Jones. And, you know, I think he's going to move the pocket a little bit early to give these guys, you know, let them break it in, try to wear out Chris Jones, some of these D linemen. And then, you know, you're going to have to do some, some dropbacks and hopefully you can get two, four sets of hands on Chris Jones, but you know, we'll see what happens there. Absolutely. Now, one thing we can say again, kind of like Travis Kelsey with like the tight ends just destroying the Jaguars no matter who it is. Um, last time 
the, these two teams played. The Chiefs' defensive line did dominate the Jaguars' offensive line, and the Jaguars still moved the ball. Yeah. So it's another one of those things where is that the biggest issue? Like, can they overcome the fact? I think they can because they get the ball out quick. Yeah, that's you know, um, if it's Justin Fields, he holds on. He's wrecked. You know, Trevor gets the ball so quick that it does help, and you know, Doug's extremely smart and you get a lot of smart offensive minds on that staff jim bob cooter obviously that's a guy that's you know one of the underrated guys in my book i mean mm-hmm. you know pass game coordinator but he's a former offensive coordinator like this guy's good i played with jim bob was my offensive coordinator when i was in detroit i know i've been everywhere but this guy's a smart guy i mean he runs meetings he knows what he's talking about he talks about all right he's like we got these are the d line he's like obviously offensive line you do your job we know who we're going against, and we're going to take care of you guys. And he's looking at staffers, like staff, you know, some of these are on you. And that's a lot that has to do with the quarterback. You know, you know what you got going on here. Get the ball out. Get the ball out. So, you know, obviously Mike McCoy is a guy that's been around the league and has, has coached, been a head coach in this league. So, I mean, this guy's a great offensive line or offensive line and just offensive mind as well. I mean, they got some, some big pl- – coaches there press taylor you know offensive coordinator he knows his stuff so you got some minds it's not just doug he's got some generals now you know he's got some generals under him that you know say he's the uh the emperor there's some generals under him that know what they're doing man so they got a good a good staff and they're gonna have a they're gonna have a plan yeah no doubt and you know one thing we saw last week is the adjustments to the adjustments to the adjustments, like you trading punches back and forth between the coaching staffs. Um, I think Brandon Staley's adjustment for, for the beginning of last game was going to come out in some cover three. We're going to come out and uh, try to beat you up a little bit with our physicality and coverage. And the Jaguars, they decided that they were going to run more spread looks, really spread them out. And I think that, Helped out a lot and it created some more space because they were, you know, the Jags run a ton of bunch formations, like tight formations. They spread the field out a little bit more. And I think that was part of the adjustment. So it'll be interesting to see how Spags comes out. You know, Steve Spagnolo, this is a three time Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. Yeah. You can go. Each of those defenses performed at a high level. Um, So his adjustments to what the Jags have been doing will be interesting to see. And then how does Doug adjust to what Spags is presenting? Yeah. This is what playoff football is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get to our predictions or something else I wanted to ask you about. So ESPN came out with this, uh, with this ranking system, right? And they're ranking all the rookies in the NFL, you know, one to 10. And then they have five guys that they, they left off the list, Right. So I'm like looking, you know, I think Trayvon Walker had a good year, and obviously he was the first pick in the entire draft. So I want to see, okay, where's Trayvon Walker? He's not even on the list. He didn't even get a mention. So I say that to say this, and here's the list. It's Sauce Gardner, one. Yep. Aiden Hutchinson, two. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, um, Tariq Woolen, Kenneth Walker, the third, Tyler Lindenbaum, Christian Watson, Damian Pierce, and Brock Purdy. So I say that to say this. Did the Jaguars miss on Trayvon Walker? Because he, he's obviously not looked at as a top 15 
you know, maybe not even top 20 rookie this year. And he was the first draft pick taken. He only had three and a half sacks. And obviously he's made some bonehead plays this year. He almost cost the Jaguars a game last week. I thought he did. But luckily they came back I hated and won. that. I hated that call. Yeah, it's still but, a dumb play. That is still yeah, an extremely dumb. I don't care. Yeah, bad call. The guy flopped. Dumb play. You're an idiot for doing that. Can't do that. That's can't a dumb play. So yeah. what, how, what do you think? Yeah, and two penalties earlier in the year almost directly led to losses. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I hear you there. Uh, I would say, and I don't think he's a dumb kid at all. I don't think he has like – I think it was literally just he didn't think about it. Yeah. Bless you. He did not think about it. Um, a, I, I don't think he's a top 10 rookie this year. B, I don't think anyone expected him to be a top 10 rookie in year one. This was more of a project-type player. What has he brought to the field for the Jaguars? Tremendous run defense, tremendous athleticism and length, and a guy who, when you get him moving as a pass rusher, you move him around a little bit, he can create wreak some havoc. And then you've also seen over the last stretch, they've been getting him with his hands in the dirt a little bit more instead of rushing like a 3-4 outside linebacker. And I think that has helped him out a lot as well. But the book was never going to be written on Trayvon Walker after year one. He was a project pick. Now, some projects figure it out quicker than others. And I think probably Trayvon Walker would have figured it out a little bit quicker, but he dealt with those injuries down the stretch a little bit right after they started letting him rush with his hand in the dirt. And uh, I think that that was needed i think they needed to let him rush with a hand in the dirt because that's what he's more used to doing um from his college days but yeah i just i think that there was no way you were going to know what you have in trayvon walker after year one asking him to switch to outside linebacker after you know playing more of a hybrid role in college but i'll tell you what five pressures in a sack last week he had a big one yeah uh, he had a pretty big game despite the dumb penalty we all know about it I yeah. think that he, I don't think the Jaguars necessarily missed. Is it the pick I would have made? No. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but I had Trayvon Walker ranked in the teens among draft prospects last year. Yeah. I had a first round grade on him. I loved him, like in a lot of ways, but did I yeah. think he should be the number one pick? I did not. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to destroy the Jaguars or Trayvon or anything like that. I'm just being honest. I did not have him as the number one pick, I didn't have him as a top five pick. Thought if you were going to go edge rusher, you should go Aiden or Kayvon. Yeah. But I think Trayvon's going to help the Jaguars out in this football game. I thought yeah. he had a pretty good game against the Chiefs last time. I think you get him matched up with Andrew Wiley, and that is just sheer uh, – a talent mismatch. Yeah, definitely. On that – like, Trayvon Walker is a A-plus, you know, .001% athlete. Andrew Wiley is not close to that. I think Trayvon Walker is going to help the Jags out in this game. Yeah, no, I, I think you've made some some valid points there. You know, as far as this year is concerned, maybe you know they could have got a player that this year came in and, and did more for him. But as far as long term, you know, we don't know yet. He's athletic. He's big. He's fast. You know, he's strong, and he's a guy that can create some mismatch problems. So, as far as the first year. Yes, I think the Jaguars did not get the best player in the draft, and he's probably not even top 15. But as far as down you know, in the future, can he become one of the top players from this draft class? I believe he can. He's only 21 years old, 22, going to be 22. And 
he's a freak athlete. He's big. He's shown some things in the, and you know, he's got three and a half sacks. He's, he's done a good job in the run game this year. So I think he can improve and do some things this year that, uh, in the, in the future that, uh, bring him up that list. And he's already pretty good. Like this is a very stout run defender, a guy that can set the edge. Yeah. And you know, sneakily 41 total pressures in your rookie year. That is not bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. And it's his not. pass rush has improved um, over the last month or so again since they've gotten his hand in the dirt. Um, and you say three and a half sacks, which is true, but a bunch of those are half sacks. He has yeah. been involved in five quarterback sacks this year, not three yeah. and a half. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have made the pick, but I do like the guy. I think he's a freak athlete. I'm excited to see what he does this week and in the future because I do think he has a bright future. Um, looking at looking at uh, the pressure we've talked about, like there's no pressure on the Jaguars in this game whatsoever, is there? It's all on Kansas City. Like if the Jags lose this game, great season, sucks that we lost, but we have built something that we feel confident about moving forward. If the Chiefs lose this game and go one and done in the playoffs. They're going to be wanting to burn burn the damn place down. Chiefs fans are going to be like, okay, what do we need to do to change this? Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it, the, the Jaguars really don't have any any pressure on them. They've already won a playoff game. They made it. They made a dramatic run to get to the playoffs. They're playing with house money. I hate that term, but they really are young team. The, the Chiefs, this great team, five straight and AFC Championship games. They've won one ring. They're starting to get tight. They're starting to feel a little pressure. They're starting to see some of these, these other quarterbacks too. Josh Allen, okay. You know, you got Joe Burrow, okay. Justin Herbert, we, we got to start winning some of these championships. If Patrick Mahomes wants to be one of the greatest of all time, Tom Brady has seven rings. I mean, obviously, he's only 27, but that's seven rings. Andy Reid's only got one. He wants to be one of the greatest coaches of all time. Five straight AFC championship games, you got one ring. They're, and they're, that kind of goes back. Yeah, there's the pressure same thing there. in Philly. Yeah. For Andy, I mean, he didn't win a championship in Philly, but he went to the NFC Championship four or five straight years in Philly. He made it to the Super Bowl once, he lost. Um, so yeah, I agree with you in terms of that. Like I didn't think about the internal on pressure pressure on Andy regarding his legacy. Yep. But yeah, it matters. Um, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Yeah, no, he's they got to start putting some of these together if they want to be, you know, go down as some of the greats in the game. You know, you can't be a guy that, you know, just won one Super Bowl and you get to all these AFC championship games and you, you only pull out one Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes. Like you're yeah. supposed to be the best quarterback in the league. Obviously, you know, you've lost some some heartbreakers, but that doesn't matter. There's pressure there. If you if you get beat in the divisional round and you don't make that even make the AFC Championship game this year. You know how bad that looks for you as a Chief and Andy Reid, supposed to be one of the best coaches in the, in the NFL, best player in the NFL. It's an awful look. It, yeah. They're tight, and they got to go out there and get this win. The Jaguars are going to be playing free, playing loose. They've already, you know, house money, baby. They made the second round of the playoffs. This young team, first year, Doug Peterson. So hey, I've seen crazier things happen. I think the Jags got a uh, they got a shot. So you know, do you think? I do time for your time for your uh for your prediction, Jordan. What do you yeah. got, man? Do you think the Jags can pull this one out, or do you you going with the Chiefs and the Jags to keep it close? 
Yeah, so I, I've kind of uh, resisted some of the comparisons in the 96 team because it's just been so different. But this game is the 96 Jaguars versus the Broncos. It is. Uh, you've got the juggernaut, the team that everyone thinks is going to you know, win the AFC versus this young upstart uh, that not a lot of people know a lot about. Well-coached team, a lot of young talent. Um, the difference between these two games to me is the Broncos did not respect that team. Yeah. The Chiefs respect this team. I think the Chiefs are going to be ready for this game from a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint. Uh, they're not overlooking the Jaguars. But I don't think it matters. I think yeah. Doug Peterson and his aggressive play calling down the stretch, foiled with Andy Reid's more conservative style, it's going to matter. I think it's yeah. going to get the Jags points. I think that, you know, even if the O-line doesn't play great, Trevor's going to get his. And I think the D-line is going to show up and actually get a couple sacks this week and, and impact this football game. And I think the Jaguars are going to win 32-31. to 31. Okay. Damn, I love it. I love it. 32-31 for Jordan. Yeah, you full know, disclosure. Think... Full disclosure. I don't think the Jaguars step out on that field and win this game. Like, I don't think that if they played 10 times, I think the Jags probably lose six or seven of those games. Yeah. But they played earlier this year, right? Yeah. So that eliminates one of those losses in my little yeah. twisted head game here. That eliminates, eliminates one of those losses. Yeah. Hey. So now 50-50 chance, in my opinion. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hey, and I don't want to be the pessimist. I've been picking the Jags, but – this Chiefs team is good, and I think the Jags play them tough, but I think eventually at the end of the game, you know, realistically, I think that Pat Mahomes will probably pull it out. Last-minute drive uh, down the stretch. Andy Reid, my old coach, a coach that drafted me. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs, but I think it's going to be a three-point game, tight game, last-minute field goal type thing, and I think we're all in for a treat, and we're going to respect this game. Um, and it's just going to be fun. And I think, uh, but but next year, I think this is going to catapult the Jags into a a real. It's just it's just going to be a trend of the Jaguars winning the AFC South and competing and going deep into the playoffs. And this is something I think in Jacksonville that we are going to come to expect. And in in future years, Trevor Lawrence is only twenty three. He is going to be a problem for Andy Reid for pat mahomes josh allen all these guys and you know what i think in the future they're going to be competing moving forward to go to the afc championship game for a long time so this is exciting yeah. time baby it's not ever going to feel like this again with this group no next year there's expectations next year yep. you're expected to win the afc south you're expected to host a home playoff game it is never going to feel like this again with this specific group. Yeah. And so enjoy yeah. it because you are the underdog right now. You are the young upstart. You are the team that's not supposed to be here. Um, so from a fan perspective, just enjoy every second of it because it's a lot of fun. Um, and and don't take it for granted. Do not take this for granted because even though the Jaguars, when you look at the future, it looks bright, really damn bright. You never know what can happen in this league. And so, uh, and, and in this world, so enjoy every second of it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this, if you don't beat the Jags now, this team is going to keep getting better. Look. Calvin Ridley coming next year. It's going to get scary. So you better, you better beat them right now. Cause if you don't, 
Duval is going to keep getting better and keep improving, and they're going to be a problem. Yeah, I think they are. I'm ready for this one. We've got one more sleep. We've got one more sleep, what? baby. And you know what we got to leave them with? About 30 hours till that game. Yep. Oh, yeah, but I know what we're going to leave them with. Let's go with the Duval. Let's Beautiful go. I think, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. You know, I hope they win. I think there's a big chance that they can pull this one off, and it's going to be fun. And uh, Jordan will be will be chatting, you know, during this one, I think. No doubt about it. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that, like you said, the NFL and NFL fans, regardless of who wins this football game, you're in for a treat tomorrow. Two of the Definitely. very best offensive minds the best quarterback in the game or is one of the best young quarterbacks in the game, two talented rosters. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Get your popcorn ready. 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, NBC, Tariko and Collinsworth, Jaguars versus Chiefs for the right to go to the AFC championship game. Jaguars are trying to make their fourth AFC championship of all time. Chiefs are trying to make their fifth in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for it. And uh, just a little fun tidbit at the end here. My in-laws, my wife's from Kansas City. In-laws are massive Chiefs fans. We usually watch a lot of football together. We are not watching this game together this weekend. <laughs> can't do it, <laughs> not man. Not a chance. I don't want you coming in here all flustered, man. Clay, yeah, I had to file for a divorce, man. You know, my in-laws, <laughs> you know, they were just talking too much trash, you know, the this game. And I had to – no, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, hey, you have to you have to be separate for this one, man. This is too big yeah, of a game. I'm like the level-headed one <laughs> for sure. I just don't want to get into any situations. And I yeah. love them. They're no, like, you they're, go watch it. Them. Go watch it in your own space, man. I do the they're same. So exact passionate. I'm going to be with Jags fans, right? Yeah. Go be with some um, Jags fans. So it'll be a lot of fun. Can't wait for it. Again, we're about 30 hours away. One more sleep. It's going to be a slow 30 hours, but we're ready for it. Ready for this football game. I think the Jags are ready. They're traveling right now. I know a bunch of fans are, are out at the stadium right now, kind of uh, bidding them farewell. Pretty cool. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, the Jags yeah. invited a bunch of fans out, everyone out. Come say farewell to the team, wish them luck. And then there's also going to be a watch party at Daly's Place at the bank tomorrow for the game, if anyone's interested in doing that as well. Uh, people can go do that. So it's going to be a fun weekend. Can't wait for it. A lot of other great football on the docket as well. A lot of people kind of look at this weekend as the best weekend in football year round uh, yeah. because you've got just four just tremendous four great games. games. Yes, it is. Saturday and Sunday, man. And for me, to my 2X teams tomorrow, man, Jaguars yeah. and the Eagles. This is incredible. How are we feeling about the Eagles and Giants? I'm going to the game. I'm taking the train from uh, from Philly down to the game. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm excited about it. I'm gonna take the train, awesome. go watch uh, go watch the Eagles, Giants. I mean, the rivalry game, a NFC East to go to the NFC Championship game. I mean, that's a huge game there. It is. And uh, got a couple buddies out there, so that'll be good. Hell yeah! Well, I hope you have a blast. I know we'll be chatting through it, and I uh, yep. hope Duval, you know, hope we. 
the the Jacks can go to get a dub for you tomorrow, but we'll see how it plays out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Follow Clay Harbor on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. Uh, review and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Believe in Jaguars. You can also check us out on the Gin Jag YouTube page. Thank you so much for tuning in, Duval. Have a great weekend. Let's go. Good stuff. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.